you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Come on, if you know the name, lift it up in this house. Come on, if you know that name, lift it up in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Call the name of Jesus. Come on, if he's been your healer, if he's been your protector, if he's been your provider, you want to take a moment right here and call out his name. Call the name. Nobody like Jesus. Hey. Can't nobody do me like Jesus can. Can't nobody save me like him. Can't nobody heal me like him. Can't nobody hold me like him. There's nobody like Jesus. Come on, one more time, lift your voice and call out that name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, and amen, and amen. What an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord tonight. So, so great to be with brother and sister Jordan and their family, their amazing sons and this amazing church. I was able to tour the facilities today. Wow. God has truly blessed you. And I know that you guys are looking forward to the future, what God's about to do. Amen. I'm always thankful for what God is doing, but I'm always excited about what God is going to do. Amen. And I'm just honored. I'm truly honored to be here for this Awakenings Conference. Truly honored to be here for this moment and so thankful to have this opportunity to share with you uh, what the Lord is speaking into my spirit and what I feel the Lord is going to do this week. Amen. I know it's uh, snowing outside tonight. I just pray for good weather tomorrow. Amen. I come to you from Atlanta, Georgia, by way of North Carolina, so I'm not used to this at all. And so today I'm just like looking at it like, wow, this is what happens in places like Indiana where it snows on the regular. It snowed for like four hours last weekend in Atlanta, literally four hours that turned the ground white and then it just disappeared. People lost their minds. My whole Instagram feed was like, snow. He was like, oh, people texting, are we having service this weekend? Absolutely. Anyway, so I'm excited to be here, excited to see what the Lord's going to do in this house. And I believe I have a word from the Lord for you tonight. Is that okay? I do realize that it's Wednesday night, and it's Wednesday night Bible study. And where I'm from, Bible study is important. Wednesday night is my favorite, my favorite service of the week because uh, I always tell my church this, if you show up on Wednesday night, you're saying something to me as the pastor. You're saying, you know what, hey, I'm not just here for the fanfare, not just here for the Sunday morning stuff, but I'm here because I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to mature, I want to become greater, better. Amen. 
So tonight, I know you're ready for the word because not only did you come out on a midweek, but the snow, so you're here through all of that. Wow. Let's get into the word. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, at that time, Herod the Tetrarch reached, or he heard of the fame of Jesus, and he said unto his servants, this is John the Baptist, he is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he had put him to death, he, he would have put him to death, but he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them, and it pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John the Baptist's head in a charger. I want his head on a platter. If you allow me tonight, I want to preach to you. I want to speak to you, teach, preach, whatever, however this comes out tonight. Uh, I want to preach a very important message to you tonight. And I want to preach to you on this subject, head first, head first. Let's pray right now. God, we love you so much. God, we're so thankful to be in your house. We're so thankful to feel your power from the very first song, God. So thankful to feel your presence in this room. God, I pray now that your word would do its work. God, help me get out of the way so that your word can take front and center stage. I pray, God, that you would mature us and grow us for your presence and for your kingdom and for your purpose. I speak it now in the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say head first. Head first. Everything in your body begins in your head. Everything in your life begins in your head. You begin every day of your existence in your head. The only thing in your body that doesn't shut down while you sleep is your head. Your head is very busy, extremely, for some of us more than others. Your head is always working. You may stretch out your arm, but that began in your head. You may cough, <clears throat> but that began in your head. I realized how powerful the brain was around eight years ago when, well, about nine years ago when I started having severe pain right here. And that pain, I thought, for several months was heartburn, and I was taking medication for it. I w actually went to the doctor. They checked me out. You're good. You know, everything checks out fine. Blood, heart, all that, fantastic. I was like, I know, but I'm hurting. And uh, they said, no, you're fine. You're fine. You just maybe, you know, you need to watch what you're eating. So I did that for a little while. Still had pain. And it started here, and then it started kind of going all up in here and all up in here. And uh, I got very concerned. Uh, about a year later, after I started hurting, I was preaching for my father on a Sunday and sitting in his office on a Sunday afternoon, getting ready to walk into a Sunday night service, it hit me. Massive pain right in my, I felt like someone had shot an arrow through my body, right through the center of me. I couldn't hardly breathe. I felt like someone was sitting on my chest. And uh, they called the ambulance, and, they, you know, the ambulance came. They said, we don't know what's happening. It looks like you're having a heart attack, but it doesn't look like you're having a heart attack. I don't know what that means. 
Those people need to go back to school, obviously. So they took me to the hospital, and in the hospital, they checked me out from head to toe, and they said, you're fine. Everything's good. Heart's good. Blood's good. Everything's fine. Nothing's wrong with you. I'm like, no, something is wrong with me. So I went on the World Wide Web, and I asked Dr. Google what was wrong with me, and he was the best doctor I ever had. After I got past all of the crazy stuff that I thought I had, I started realizing, you know what? I think my gallbladder's bad. And so I self-diagnosed. And the night that my wife had our son Isaac, when she started pushing with Isaac, I started having another gallbladder attack. And the doctor that was taking care of her looked at me and said, what is wrong with you? And I said, I have a bad gallbladder. She said, do you know this for a fact? I said, I do. She said, I'm going to call the surgeon right now. The next morning, they brought me in, checked me out. Voila, I have a bad gallbladder. They finally looked at it. That's why they are practicing medicine. They practicing, y'all. And they practicing on you and me. And so they took my gallbladder out. I've learned a lot about the gallbladder from Google. You know, when you eat fat, fat goes down into your stomach, and your body can't break down fat. You know that? Your body cannot break down fat. It is, it is not digestible. So what the body does is uh, you have a gallbladder, and the liver makes gall and pushes gall into your gallbladder. And when there is fat in your stomach, your brain, your head, tells the gallbladder, hey, we need some gall in the stomach. So your gallbladder will constrict and squeeze gall into your stomach so you can break down fat. And when you have stones in your gallbladder, they, it squeezes around the stones and you feel like you're dying. It is zero fun and it's very difficult to diagnose. They diagnose it wrong almost 100% of the time. It all started in my head. There was no way to stop my brain from talking to my gallbladder. You know what? My brain still talks to my gallbladder, and my gallbladder left a long time ago. You've been talking to somebody, and then you look around, and they're gone. That's what's going on all the time in my body. So i got to be careful what I eat because my brain is still like, hey, gallbladder, do your thing. Gallbladder has left the building just like Elvis, and there's nothing happening. You can, find, you can get yourself in a lot of mess. If there's anybody in this room who ever had your gallbladder taken out, you know what I'm talking about. You can get yourself in a lot of mess if you ain't careful. Because the brain is constantly speaking. Constantly talking. Constantly working. Constantly sending signals. Everything you do in your life, it starts in your head. And the Bible says that Herod had been told by John the Baptist, you know what, you're wrong and you are out of order by taking your brother's wife. Herod didn't like that. Put him in prison because Herodias was crazy. And when he got him in prison, uh, he said, you know what, I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to kill him. The people think he's a prophet. If I lay a hand on him, I'm, I'm dead. These people will kill me because they look at him as a prophet. But when Herodias' daughter danced, he said, I'll give her whatever she wants. And when she finally talked to her mother, her mother said, I want John the Baptist's head. And I want it on a platter. And that is the reason why John the Baptist lost his head. But I want to tell somebody tonight, just like in this story, the devil knows that everything that happens in your life begins in your head. And so he wants to destroy you head first. The devil ain't worried about your family. If he can get in your head first, he can mess up your family. If he can get in your head first, he can mess up your anointing. If he can get in your head first, he can mess up your ministry. If he can get in your head first, he can ruin your marriage. If he can get in your head first, he can mess up your testimony. He always gets in your head first. 
He wants your head and he wants it on a platter because wherever your head is, the rest of you will follow. Be careful what gets in your head because whatever gets in your head gets in your heart. And out of the abundance of the mouth, the out of, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, and the power of life and death is in the tongue. A lot of folks are saying stuff, but it started in your head. It began in your head, and now it's coming out of your mouth. My grandpa used to say, whatever is in the well comes up in the bucket. He said, ooh, that slipped. No, that didn't slip. It came from somewhere. Well, I didn't mean to say that about him. I didn't really mean that. Yes, you did. You've been thinking it, and finally, your mouth caught up with your head. And you said what you've been thinking. Because whatever is in the well comes up in the bucket. And there's a lot of you sitting here tonight. You looked the part. You're acting the part. You're dressing the part. You're speaking in tongues. You're rolling in the floor. You're apostolic. You're Pentecostal. You're saved. But the devil is all up in your head. He's up in your head. He's lying to you about the pastor. He's lying to you about your husband. He's lying to you about your wife. He's lying to you about your finances. He's lying to you about your children. He's lying to you about your future. He's lying to you about your calling. He's lying to you about your anointing. He ain't never put nothing on nobody. He's always just in your head. His tactic has not changed from Matthew 14. He wants to get inside your head. If he can get in your head, he can mess you up. He can mess you up. If you wanna, if you wanna see one of the greatest examples of the devil getting inside somebody's head, just 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 stop for a little bit and read 1 Kings 19. You know what? Go back and read 1 Kings 18, and you'll see where Elijah calls down fire from heaven. Fire, that's what we say. Fire. He called down fire from heaven. He called it down, called down fire from heaven. It fell, and it, it licked up the, the, the dust and the stones and the everything, and then he killed 450 priests of Baal, and he is sitting high on the hog. Then he prays seven times, and rain falls from sky. And my goodness, I tell you right now, if, if, ain't no, if nobody on this planet has faith, Elijah has faith. But ministry is exhausting. Let me say that again. Ministry is exhausting. And his head is messed up. Because ministry is exhausting. And he's tired. And someone, someone comes and says, hey, in, in chapter 19 of, of 1 Kings, they come and say, hey, a messenger comes and says, hey, by the way, Jezebel wants us to tell you that by this time tomorrow, you will be dead just like her priest. And me and you would ex expect Elijah to be like, well, tell her to bring it on. I have total command of water and fire. I'm the last airbender. Tell her to bring it on, baby. I'm, I'm basically the last scene of Mortal Kombat. Come, tell her to bring it on. I, got, I can do fire and water. Tell Jezebel to bring it. But he doesn't. He loses his mind. Because <laughs> when the devil gets in your head, you, you'd rather the devil be in your life than be in your head. Yeah. You'd rather him be in your life than be in your head. He took Job's kids and Job was okay. He took Job's stuff and Job was okay. But he could never get inside Job's head. You would rather the devil mess with your life than mess with your head. When the devil got inside of Elijah's head, this man that called down fire and water from heaven ran into the desert, sat under a tree, and said, God, kill me. My goodness, what a prayer. God, kill me. I'm no better than my father's. Kill me. Kill you. you. You are the man with the plan. You turned around Israel. Kill you. Yeah, kill me now, God. And watch what he said. And, and, and you can read it. Take your time. Read it in chapter 19 of 1 Kings. He says, they are coming to kill me. He said, ah, I did this. He said, I'm jealous. And I was jealous for you. And I did your work. And I did your plan, and now they want to kill me. Who's they? Ain't but one person wanted to kill you, Jezebel. She crazy. 
but it's in his head now. He's thinking all of Israel wants to kill him because it's in his head. And he says, and you know what, God? Even I, all by myself, am left alone because it's in his head. God sends down the fire. God sends down the earthquake. You've heard it all. And God says, Elijah, what are you doing here when he's in the cave? And after God did all that moving, after God did all that moving, he said, Elijah, why are you here? And Elijah said the same exact words over again because a move of God may make you shout. A move of God may make you dance, but it can't fix your head. There's all this move of God. And he comes down and says, Elijah, he finds Elijah in the cave. You know the part. And he says, what are you doing here? And Elijah says again what he said before the fire and before the earthquake and before the lightning. He said it again. He said, I have been jealous for you. I did your work. And now they are coming to kill me. And I'm all by myself. And God finally has to get inside Elijah's head. <laughs> When Elijah said, God, kill me, you know, what, you know what God sent him? God didn't send him a word. God sent him an angel. You know what the angel did? The angel cooked. He sent him a chef. That's, that's amazing. Read it in your Bible. He, was, he said, God, kill me. He said, God, give me death. And God gave him bread. Let me give you a great revelation. Elijah prayed for fire, he got fire. He prayed for rain, he got rain. But he prayed for death, and that's the only thing he never saw. Because that's an honest prayer between a man and God. Because God is the only complaint department that can handle your complaint. And you keep telling me, but you need to tell God. Some of y'all, some of y'all need to give God the what for. Oh, yeah, you ain't never heard a preacher say that before. Let me say it to you. Let me tell you. Today. Some of y'all need to get down right dirty with God and tell him exactly how you feel about him. David did it, a whole book called Psalms. A whole book. He said, God, where you at? When, when, God, why is it that when I have trouble, I can't find you? Did y'all read the same book that I read? Yeah. Read the book of Psalms. David, David spends half the Psalms yelling at God. He begins at least 20 Psalms by saying this, God... You failed me. And then he ends up by going, and I love you, and you're awesome, and you reign forever, and your mercy endureth forever. Yeah. Read, read Psalms 109 where David gets real clear, and he says, God, my enemy's sitting right over there, and I wish you'd kill him. I wish you'd make his wife a widow. I, I wish you'd make his kids, you know, beg in the street. Really, I don't know what that guy did to David, but it was not good. David was mad. But David never said it to the man. He said it to God. Some of y'all ain't praying right. You need to pray like David prayed. Because you keep yelling at folks, but you need to yell at God. He's the only complaint department that can handle your complaint. You ain't going to offend God. No, no, no. The only way you can offend God is to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. But some of y'all ought to look at God and say, God, you told me I was going to have this and I don't have it. I lost my dreams. I lost my kids. God, where are you? God might say, here I am. Elijah said, God, I'm all by myself. I, 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 no one's beside me. And God spoke into Elijah's life. And he said, Elijah, you are not alone. I have 7,000 waiting for me. You're not by yourself. And get off this mountain because you have to anoint this man. And you have to anoint this man. And you have to anoint this man. And those that escape him won't escape him. And those that escape him won't escape him. And when God got inside of Elijah's head, the devil tried to take that place. But God said, no, I'll step inside now because the same enemy that wants to kill you head first, God said, I want to heal you head first. Hey. You want to high five somebody and tell them God's about to heal me head first. Some of y'all need your back healed, but you need your head healed first. Some of you need your family healed, but you need your head healed first. Some of you need your marriage put back together, but you need your head healed first. 
God is not going to put your marriage back together if you're still crazy. You need to get your head fixed and then your marriage can be fixed. It's in your head. It's in your head. It ain't even real. You made it up, Elijah. Jezebel's one person, and you said everybody in Israel is looking to kill me. And you're not alone, but you think you're all by yourself because the devil's in your head, and he made you believe a lie. But God said, I'm going to heal that brain of yours. God said, if you will articulate the false beliefs that you have, I'll speak truths to you. Let me say it again. I'm going to say it slow this time. You can write it down. If you will articulate the false beliefs that you have to God, he will speak truths to you. But you don't speak those false things to God because you know they're lies. You'll tell your girlfriend. you yell at your husband. you yell at your wife. you tell your boyfriends. you tell your homies. You come sit in my office and tell me for three hours of my life that I can't get back. But you ain't told God one time. You ain't told God one lie that you believe. You keep telling me all the lies you believe. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know this is a lie. This is not true. Why don't you take that false belief to God? I remember in Job, you know, Job's longer than three chapters, right? You know, it's like 31 chapters. You need to read those 31 chapters when you have some time. Because there's a part in Job, and Job gets a little frustrated with God. And Job stands up and says, God, obviously it's something I did. Obviously it's something that's wrong with me. And God doesn't like me. And God left me all by myself. And he starts articulating these false beliefs to God. And God speaks to him. When's the last time God spoke to you? been a while. Maybe because you have not told him what you really think. You keep hiding what he can clearly see. I can't see it. You can hate me and smile on my face and I'll never know you hate me. But you can't hate God and smile on his face. He sees the deepest, darkest places of your mind and your heart. And you keep coming to God, clapping and smiling and looking right. But God knows there's something wrong inside your head. We say heart, but it's really your head. And you're mad at God because he let them die. And you're mad at God because your child died. And you're mad at God because your marriage ended. And you're mad at God because that dream never came true. And you still have false beliefs because you think God did it somehow. And you're not wrong for being mad. You're wrong for not telling him. You ain't ever going to make God cry. You ain't ever going to make God mad. You ain't ever going to make God feel bad. You can't make God feel God. and You, you can't offend God in your Bible. The only way you can offend God is blaspheme the Holy Ghost. But if you let God inside your head, he'll heal it. But we're terrified. We're terrified to really talk to God that way. It was Jesus that showed us the Gethsemane prayer when he said, God, I don't want to do this. We keep, we keep reading Gethsemane and we keep missing it. We keep missing it, but it's in there. When Jesus said, God, I don't want to do this. This is too much for me. It's way beyond me. I'm scared. I'm terrified. The Bible said he was heavy. He was sorrowful even unto death. Read it in Matthew. He said I, he was sorrowful even unto death. And he was heavy. And he grieved. And he wept. And he said, God, I don't want to do this. Nevertheless, not what I will. But he let God into his thoughts. And you know what God did? Didn't send him a word. He sent him an angel to minister unto him. That's what some of you need. You need ministry. You need ministry that cannot come from a pulpit. You need ministry that cannot come from a microphone. You need ministry that cannot come from a pew. You need ministry that comes straight out of heaven when God sends an angel to minister to you. 
When you really let God inside that head and you say, God, my thinking is stinking and I can't stop thinking. And God, I feel like everybody's against me and God, they don't love me. God said, okay, now that you told me, I'll tell you the truth. You're not alone. I'm beside you and I got 7,000 waiting to come alongside you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like God's going to send somebody a healing in this house tonight and it's going to start in your head first. He's about to deliver you and it's going to be head first. He can take you off of alcohol. He can take you off of drugs. He can, he can release you from the bondage of pornography if you let him in your head. Say, God, get in my head. Get in all this thinking. God, get in my spirit. God, get in my head. Here's what I think. Here's what I thought. Here's what it is. Ooh, hallelujah. God, get in my head. Get in my head. Get in my head. Get in my head, God. Get in my head. God, get in my head. God, get in my head. For we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. Second Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. We, we, we're walking in this flesh, baby, but this war, this war is not in our flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of the strongholds. To do what? To cast down imaginations. We're walking in this flesh, but we're not fighting in this flesh. For our weapons are mighty, and they tear down my imagination. My imagination is my problem. It didn't say it's mighty to the pulling down of the devil's skin. No, it said it's mighty to pull down my imagination. Some of you keep thinking the devil's fighting you and he ain't nowhere near you. It's your own thinking. You need to bring your imaginations under subjection. Yeah. Romans 8. 5 and 7 says, and be not conformed. I'm, I'm sorry, 8, 5 and 7 says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. Because the carnal mind is at war with God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. It's in your head. It's in your head. It's in your head. You need to be healed, but you need to be healed head first. Everybody ain't against you. Everybody's not against you. It's not impossible. It's, it's not too far gone. It's not out of God's control. Maybe your control, absolutely, but not out of God's control. Yeah. Be you, con be you not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. You need to be healed head first. You can't be transformed just because you change the way you dress. No, you only transform when you change the way you think. I'm always, I always know that they get, get it in their head when the first thing that happens in their life, they give up on everything they learned. But when trouble comes and heartache comes and, and they still stick with what they learned, I know that it wasn't just skin deep, but it was deep down in the mind. They got it in their head. And you, you won't walk away from that. Yeah. You were not transformed. You were not transformed. You may have been sanctified, and you may have been justified, and you may be ratified by those things, but you were not transformed until you got your mind right. Uh, that's, why, that's why David said, oh, thou Lord are a shield for me. You're my glory. You're the lifter up of my, of my head, God. Oh, hallelujah. God holds my head up because I, I go through stuff and, 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 and my body is okay and, and, and my family may be okay, but my mind fights. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. God, you've anointed my head. We've been asking God to anoint our ministries, but we need to ask him to anoint our heads. Because if you can get your head right, 
If you can get your head right, your ministry will take off. If you can get your head right, the glory of the Lord will shine down upon you. Some of you are so gifted, so talented, so able, so ready, but you can't move any further than where you are because you are paralyzed, not in your gifting, not in your talent, not in your ability. You're paralyzed in your head. You need to say, Lord, anoint my head with oil. Get my head right. Uh, We always talk about Mary's alabaster box as she poured it upon Jesus. Somehow we, we tell that story and somehow it's always that she poured the oil on his feet and washed it. But that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said that she cracked that oil open and she poured it on his head. Mary's alabaster box was broken over the top of Jesus' head. It was an anointing on his head because there was a crown of thorns coming. And he could withstand the crown of thorns because there was an anointing on his head. Mm. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us, and I'm almost finished, the Bible tells us in the book of John, chapter 20, that when Simon Peter followed him and went out from the sepulcher, seeing the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. I've heard a lot about that napkin. I've heard a lot of preachers preach about that napkin. Several customs in the Jewish, you know, in the Jewish world about that napkin that was put on the head of those that had died to cover the face or whatever it may be. And I've heard the custom before that it was uh, that when someone would take a napkin uh, at a dinner, that a dinner with somebody, they would take a napkin and they would fold the napkin a certain way and they would lay it and it would let the guest know that they enjoyed the meal and that they would come back. That is definitely um, a custom in the Jewish culture. And, and I'm not taking anything away from that. If that's what you've heard preached before, I think that's fantastic. That will preach, and it preaches good. Uh, but it wasn't on his head. It was about his head. About means around. It was around his head. Today, if you pass away, um, they're going to take you to the morgue. And at the morgue, they're going to do some things to your body. They're going to send you to a funeral home. And when you get to the funeral home, they're going to take a wire and they're going to go up inside your mouth, and they're going to wire your mouth shut because when people die, their muscles stop working, and your mouth just hangs open. And you don't want to go to anybody you love's funeral, and they're laying in a casket with their mouth hanging open. That's not okay. So we have really cool technological ways to keep your mouth closed. They didn't have that in Jesus' day. So they would take a napkin, and they would wrap it around the head to keep the mouth closed so the mouth wouldn't hang open. And when John saw that napkin laying separately from the clothes by itself, it was a sign that my mouth is no longer closed. That thing that was wrapped around his head kept his mouth closed. And the things that are going on inside your head right now. This is why when people are battling things in their head, they don't talk. Can I just stay here for a little while and then we'll dismiss it a little bit? When people start dealing with stuff in their head and they're battling things in their brain, they normally close their mouths. Baby, what's wrong? Nothing. You want to talk about it? No. Because when you're battling something in your brain, it automatically closes up the voice. When the devil has your head bound, it's hard to talk. When the devil has your head bound, it's hard to praise. 
Am I preaching to anybody right now? When the devil has your head bound, it's hard to speak. When the devil has your head bound, it's hard to pray. Anybody ever been so deep in battle in your mind that you couldn't even hardly pray? That is the enemy attacking your head first. Because if he can shut you up, if he can shut you up, he's won the battle. But you ought to be like Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 18. The Bible says that Hannah was bitter and she prayed. She was bitter. She was mad. But she prayed anyway. The devil was in her head. The Bible said that her adversary Peninnah would provoke her until she wept and until she cried and until she did not eat. But even in her fear, in her doubt, and in her bitterness, she went to the house of the Lord and she found a way to open her mouth. And when the prophet said, woman, what are you doing here? She said, I have spoken to the Lord out of the abundance of my complaint. And the prophet said, because you could talk in your bitterness because you could pray in the middle of your mess because you could pray in your doubt because you could speak in your fear the Lord grants you your heart's desire can I preach to somebody right now a good way to get your head free is to open your mouth and say God I need you Open your mouth and start praying. When you say, well, Pastor Chavis, I'm mad. Pray anyway. I'm afraid. Pray anyway. I'm angry. Pray anyway. Open your mouth. Say something. Because the power of life and death is in your tongue. Speak life. When Hannah came back to that temple with that little boy, she said this. She said, Lord, I'm thankful because my horn is exalted over mine enemies. And she said, my mouth has been enlarged over mine enemy's mouth. In other words, my mouth is bigger than my enemy's mouth. What I said about myself was more powerful than what the enemy said about me. If the devil is in your head talking right now, why don't you start talking back? No, no, I will make it. My family will survive. My marriage will get put back together. My kids are coming back to church. Devil, you're a liar. And I take authority and I take dominion and I take power in the spirit right now. Come on, the Lord's about to bring somebody out. He's going to bring you out head first. He's about to deliver your family head first. He's about to set you free head first. I want to tell somebody the devil is a liar. I don't care what he's saying. What are you saying? What are you saying? Don't you be silent. Don't you be quiet. Take that napkin off your head and lay it and say, my mouth is open. And I'm going to declare it. I'm going to declare life and not death. Come on, lift your voice in this house here for just a few moments, why don't you just throw your head back uh, and just call out the name of Jesus. Uh, you may not even know what to say, but say something. Hallelujah. If you don't know what to pray, then pray in the spirit uh, because it is a spirit that maketh intercession for the saints come on God's about to get in your head let him in your head come on why don't you tell him those lies you've been thinking why don't you articulate to him the false beliefs you have God I'm all alone there's no one beside me they don't love me God I'm not I'm not valuable enough God will start talking back to you yes 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 Twenty-one, twenty-five, twenty-eight. 25, 28, just remain standing. 
There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth, the distress of nations with perplexity, the seas and the waves and the roaring. Men's hearts will fail them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Men's hearts will fail them for fear because they're looking at the things that are coming on the earth. Be careful what you let your head tell you. My stability is not in Washington, D.C. If you start letting that mess in your head, you will be unstable. I can't believe the amount of saved folk that have let this mess get in their head. And they are hateful. Men's hearts will fail them for fear and for looking at the things that are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Watch verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. <laughs> Your head is in the wrong position. We keep looking down here. What's happening over here? Let me see what Fox News is saying. Let me see what they're saying. Oh, global warming. Oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. And we start looking here. And we start looking at, you start looking at me. And I start looking at you. And brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. Well, if they can do it, I can do it. And we start looking around. And I'm judging you and you're judging me. And I'm making my, my standard and my level of holiness and my level of salvation, whatever, based off of something you did. And I'm looking at you. And God said, stop doing that. Get your head. Your head's in the wrong place. He said, when you see all these happening, and we've seen these things happening. Hello? He said, when you see that happening, just change the position of your head. Look up. He said, because you can look up. That's where your help's coming from. I just look up. <laughs> you can't see me correctly. I can't see you correctly. I cannot look at the times and, and decipher what's going to happen. If you think you can look if you think you can look at what's happening in the news and tell me what's about to happen on the planet, you're crazy. Half of what they're saying is a lie anyway. Okay, a quarter of what they're saying is, okay. Three quarters of what they're saying is a lie. And we don't know. Look up. Where's your head at? Stop looking around. Look up. Get your head in the right place. You hear the coach on the basketball team get his team together. Hey, guys, hey guys, get your head right. Get, get your head in the game. What's he saying? Their feet's in the game. Their hands are in the game. Their bodies are in the game. Their skills in the game. Their talents in the game. Their giftings in the game. Their head's not in the game. And there's people sitting in this room right now. Your, your, your body's in the game. Your hands are in the game. Your feet's in the game. Your skills in the game. Your talents in the game. But your head's not in this game. Your head's, you're, your head's everywhere else. It's in everybody else's business and everybody else's lifestyle. It's in, everybody, it's in everything happening in this world. Get your head in, get your head in this game. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness. I got to get my head right. I'm not leaving this building tonight till I get my head right. I'm not, God, I got to get my head right because I got to cut this thing head first. I'm going into the kingdom and I'm going in head first. I'm going into the newness of life and I'm going in head first. I'm going into a ministry and I'm going in head first. I'm going into a new walk and a new talk and I'm going in head first. Now, tonight. Won't you do that right now? Won't you just close your eyes and lift your head up? Just lift your head to the hills. Come on, while you're still looking up, I want to open this altar for someone who wants to come down here and just articulate to God some things that you need to say to Him and say, God, I'm going to let you inside my head. God, I'm going to do something I never did before, and I'm going to let you inside my head. I'm going to let you inside my thoughts. I'm going to let you inside the lies that I believe. I'm going to let you inside the, the things that I've thought. God, I'm going to let you inside my insecurities, and I'm going to let you in on some things that are going on in my head because my head is not right. Come on, come on. 
Come down to this altar. Come on, lift that voice and say, God, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to let you in in my head. God, there's some things going on in my brain I can't understand. And I have fear. And I have doubt. And I have lies. Come on, open your mouth and articulate it. Say, God, this is where I'm at. wants to do all of this building. I want you to take your hand. I want you to lay it on your own head right now. I can lay my hands on you tonight. Your neighbor could lay your hands on you tonight. But you know what you're thinking in your head. And so I want you to lay your hand on your own head. And I want you to open your mouth and I want to say, Lord, I'm letting you in. I want you to heal me head first. Heal me head first, God. Come on. There, there ain't nobody else standing in the need of prayer tonight but you. I know you think they need some help, and they may need some help. But why don't you pray, God, fix my brain first. Fix my mind first. Come on, that's it. Pray fervently right now. Just like you pray for somebody else, God, touch my mind. God, touch my mind. Fix my mind right now, God. Touch my mind, oh God. Heal me, oh Lord, from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Come on, that's it. Pray. Pray fervently. Pray powerfully. Victory in my mind. You're gonna give me victory, and you're gonna give it to me. Head- 